The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 15 today. Psalm chapter 15, one of the things that I strive to do in studying is especially the book of Psalms to know what David's writing this. Where is he at? What's, what is the reference behind what he's saying? What, what, what is driving him to write this? And to be honest, as I've studied, it's just a little tricky because there's not a lot of clarity as to um, the context behind what is driving David to write this. Spurgeon and many believe that this chapter deals with the time that the Ark of the Covenant's coming back. And, and so there's a great, really that, that, that many believe that this is um, David just talking about worship. If you would go to John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, uh, God tells you know that we are to abide in him as a branch abides you know in, into the vine. Uh, so we, he is the vine, we are the branches, we, we stay there. And he encourages us to abide in him. And so really, that's kind of what I'm seeing is the same idea. Uh, it's not about salvation, it's not about who can earn their way to heaven. It really talks about the idea of who are those who will enjoy abiding in worship and staying close to God, that sweet, close relationship with Jesus. Who are those that are going to enjoy that? Let's read the passage. Psalm chapter 15, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle, who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Then there's a, that, so that first verse is a question. David asked the question. The remainder are the answers from God. Verse 2, he that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue nor doeth evil to his neighbor or taketh up a reproach against his neighbor in whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. So we come back to the original premise of David asked, Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Why the tabernacle? Please remember that's where they met in those days. The temple was not had been built, and so they met in the tabernacle. Tabernacle was the place in those days where the presence of God would come. Remember, there was the outside court, and there was the holy, holy place, um, where there was different articles and people could go in, but only the priest could go to the Holy of Holies. But why abide at the tabernacle? Because that's where the presence of God was. And so if you wanted to abide close to God, it was at the tabernacle. Very different in the Old Testament than say in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the Bible says, if any man being Christ is a new creature, we have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Uh, and it's, it's a constant, you know, we, he, he doesn't all, we don't always allow him to control us, but he indwells in us. And so we, we are, the Bible says, what, no, you're not that your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives inside of us. So it's very different. We have his presence constantly around us, which was just not truly the same in the Old Testament. So we evaluate this question, really, how do we abide? So if we look at today, how can we enjoy a sweet, close relationship with God? What are some things that might hinder that relationship? What are some things that are needful and necessary for us uh, to know? Please understand that Scripture never states that I must work to gain anything from Jesus. I don't work to gain acceptance from Jesus. I don't work to gain salvation from Jesus. So we're not looking at at God telling David, do these things and I'll accept you. Really what we see is when you have all of these, and, and throughout Scripture you're going to find this to be true, these are heart issues. So Every one of these are results of conditions of my heart and my relationship to God. And so I will do these things based upon my heart. And we'll, we'll break those down. So he starts with asking, who can abide? Who will be the kind that stays close and abides 
in you. So the Lord answers beginning in verse 2. So let's, let's see what he says here. He says, He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Really, he talks straightly about integrity, the idea of uprightness. One person said it this way. It's kind of like a tightrope walker. Um, you're going to stand up as straight as you can to be able to keep balance. You're not going to lean one way or the other because if you lean one way or the other, you've got a greater chance of falling. Integrity is someone who stands up straight. They, you know, they some kind of call them the straight arrow, the straight shooter. You know what they are. They're, they're not really worried about deceiving. That hey, what you see is what you get. Integrity, straightforward, and and is they'll be kind and gracious, but they're honest. They're not going to try and change who they are because of what someone else says. They're they're a person of integrity, honesty, character. Uh, something that is really mocked in our day today. Uh, it's mocked in politics, it's mocked in business, and many occasions in church. Uh, he says integrity is the key. And, and, and you stand strong. Please understand, do not, I do not propose or state perfection here, or that I think I'm better than anybody. As a matter of fact, in many occasions, uprightness states we recognize the wrong and we deal with it. We recognize where we're wrong here, and we go to the person we've wronged, or we get these things right. That is really the premise of what we're seeing here. Integrity is about making sure that there, you know, there, what we talk about not too long ago, that we have a conscious void of offense between God and man. So this man walks upright. He's known for his integrity. Again, a heart condition. When I'm right with God and I desire to be right with God and right with man, I will take the necessary steps to be there because of integrity. He says in verse 3, He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, and is taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. So the first thing he talks about is he that is careful with his tongue. Now, please understand, um, again, I read something today I thought was great. It, there are, you know, we all will struggle in our heart with um, view of certain situations, view of uh, politics, view of other people, view of certain circumstances, and our, our heart rushes and our mind rushes to evaluate critically, if you want to put it that way, our view of certain things. It's one thing for our mind to go somewhere and say we have opinion or view or something. It's another thing that our, our tongue would speak it. Because our, our thinking almost never damages somebody, but our tongue can do more damage than about anything else. Our tongue can destroy other people. Our tongue can hurt the cause of Christ. Our tongue can pull people from Jesus when they hear other Christians doing that. He says, if you're going to abide closely to God, your tongue establishes that. Mark And Mark, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And James, um, any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue. This man's religion is vain or empty. My tongue, by the way, is just an outflowing of what's going on in my life. So he says, if you're going to abide, your tongue is going to be a representation of a heart that's right with God and right with man and desiring to walk and desiring good is not again perfect but desiring right that'll be seen in the tongue you know I'm not using it to hurt other people I'm not using to rip down other people I'm hurting it using it to lift up other people you know I can disagree with somebody and still love them I can disagree with somebody and still pray for them I can disagree with somebody and still encourage other people in them because that's how God would want it and so he talks about the heart and he says, listen, I'm not going to use my, my tongue to go criticize even my neighbors. How I, how I handle my neighbors in the same context. So I'm going to be gracious and kind and I'm going to use it to encourage and not use it to, to agree. So he talks about integrity. He talks about the tongue. In verse 4 he says this, In whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changes not. Here, first thing he talks about, this person looks, he goes, in who I, a vile person, is condemned. 
somebody who's wrong and sinful, I'm going to choose to not associate with. So it's my integrity, it's my tongue, and it's the people I associate with. I, if I associate and spend time with people who are critical and angry, or shall we just say not what we just read, if I associate with somebody who has no integrity and character, if I associate with somebody whose tongue is critical, I will become that. And simply put, I cannot spend time with them and be right with God. I cannot spend time with them and walk with God. You get around a critical gossiper who is always trying to like, well, you know what, if you don't get caught, no big deal kind of thing. And if you get around those kind of people, you'll begin to think like that. Well, you can't abide with God and, and have that questionable integrity. So he says, if I'm going to abide with God, I'm going to make sure that I'm around people that encourage me in God and don't pull me down. You know, there's so much in this world. I was just watching, reading some news this morning. So much anger, so much animosity, so much pain in this earth. And so it's important to put us around people who encourage us in Jesus. Encourage us in each other and use our words wisely. Um, he says that he that sweareth to his own heart and changes not, then I'm go this is who I am, and I'm not going to be influenced negatively by the wrong people. Verse 5, he that putteth not out his own money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. You're going to be wise with your finances, and you're not going to use it to take advantage of someone else. You're not going to use it to take advantage of the poor, where you can, can steal from them, basically. He's talking about the wealthy in that area. It comes down to character. Here, here, can, I, can I, in a very simplistic explanation, as we kind of close here, look at, these, look at some thoughts. We can, you know, God loves us how we are, accepts us how we are. But when we talk about abiding in Him, He loves me no matter what, but He does have desires of who we're going to be. You know, he says that faith without works is dead being alone. I can have faith, but if it doesn't develop into works, into actions, then it's empty. Frankly, in my name, I'm not saved. True salvation develops growth and change. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed with hope. Behold, all things are become new. And when we look at these things, uh, you evaluate really the heart as I'm growing in Jesus, this is not a matter of perfection that we won't make mistakes. It simply comes down to the heart desire. Is my heart desire one of integrity? Is my heart desire one that uses my tongue to encourage and not to hurt people? Is my heart desire to associate with people who are going to draw me closer to God? Is my heart's desire to use businesses and to, and to be a good businessman when I, when I deal? Hey, I got to pay my, you know, if I owe somebody money, I pay them. I give honor to whom honor is due. If I've borrowed money, I give it back. I pay my bills. I do the things that I'm supposed to do. I'm a man of integrity. Is my testimony strong before God? These are many of the things he's talking about. Simply put, if I'm not right with other people, I cannot abide in God. If I'm critical, I can't abide in God. If I'm not a man of character, I can't abide in God. If, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm associating with people who are wrong, I can't abide. I can't be both. And yes, I mean, sometimes I might be alone in some areas, but I'd rather be alone in the presence and abiding with God than associating with people who want nothing to do with him. And let me encourage us, that's what we want to surround ourselves with. And by the way, it's also who we want to be. We want to be these people that encourage. Use your words to encourage people. Use your words to help other people. You know, last night my wife and I sat down and we opened up Netflix. And I'll be honest, I know there's tons out there, but I'm just, I don't watch a lot of it. But uh, a couple comedians, clean comedians, some of my favorite comedians. And I was, last night we watched them. And I, I just at one point was laughing so hard. My family loves it because or they just think I'm crazy. I get to a point where I'm laughing so hard and I'm crying and I can barely breathe. And to them, somehow me suffocating is funny. But I love it. And there's something about, you know, Mary Hart do with good like a medicine. I want to be around people who help me in that area and not drag me down. And may I be the person who encourages and helps and exalts 
and encourages, exalts the Lord and points people to them. May that be our desire today. Thank you so much for taking time on this Wednesday to join us as we take a few minutes from God's Word. We hope it's a help and encouragement. Uh, we hope we are, you know, that we can hear from God, not necessarily from me today. I hope, again, if you can make it tonight at 7, and please trust me, I fully understand 7, in this Wednesday night after the middle of the week, it's tiring. I, I don't say you're going to find a lot of you know, energy in church. Sometimes we struggle coming to church, but you will find spiritual encouragement. And it's really what we need, encouragement to be around others like us and find that strength for the remainder of this week. I hope you come tonight, be involved in the prayer meeting, be involved in study and youth group, things of that nature. Make this a priority. I would encourage you tonight. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.